0: the name of Jesus. Amen. Way back. Oh yeah, one. It does. It begins. Way back. At the beginning two weeks ago of our Lenten journey, we started off with a worship pattern that we have. Where every time we hear scripture inside of our worship service read We respond somehow. We hear the first lesson and there's the psalm. Sometimes it's sung, sometimes it's spoken. We hear the second lesson and there's the anthem. We hear the gospel and we sing. We hear the word and we respond. We hear the word and we respond. And in that, we have found our Lenten journey too where we encounter the word made flesh, God dwelling among us, We hear the words, good news for us. And in our journey, we ask, what is our response? And this response isn't some kind of earning of salvation. After all, we already know. And we are sure that God loves us. And there's not a thing that we need to do about it and there's not a thing we can do about it. This is simply God's desire and God will do what God wants to do and God wants to love you and does. So two weeks ago when we began this journey, we talked a lot about covenant, about what God does towards us, the promises that God makes towards us and we talked about Noah and the ark and how at the end of Completely flooding and destroying the entire earth except for what was in the ark that God put a rainbow in the sky and promised all of creation, humanity, I'm not going to do that again. It may have been good for once, it may have been good when I did this, this one time but I do not want to do that again. And so I won't. That same day we talked about Jesus standing in the Jordan and a voice coming from heaven. This is my son, my beloved. With him I am well pleased. And in our same waters, we hear that voice from heaven too. That we are beloved. And that we are chosen. And that we are brothers and sisters of Christ, people of God. Again, standing in this covenant, standing in this promise that God makes to us, and for us. The second week, last week, we started with Abraham and Sarah, and we heard how their names changed from Abram and Sarai to Abraham and Sarah, and we realized that even in our own lives, there's a ton of things that get attached to our names. There's a ton of things that get attached to us, a ton of things that define us over time. But in these same covenants... In this same love, we know that God first and foremost defines us and that everything else good that we have done with our lives, that we use to shape and define our lives, is nothing by God's standards. And we have no pride to hang our hat on besides the love of God. And also all the things that we've done, all the works of our hands that we wish we could take back, that we wish we never did, that we wish would just leave us are not with us either. And that the only words that matter are God's great and deep love for us. This week, built on these promises, these covenants of God for us, we turn a corner with the Old Testament and the New trying to figure out what our response looks like. In Exodus, we see the law being brought down from the mountain. And there again, Moses bringing the law down from the mountain. And in this law, we have the way to live life. Not suggestions and not guidelines. The exact things we are to do. Upon this, all the law was built. (coughs) I tend to agree with the Ten Commandments. The first three being those things that orient us towards God, being a believer in God myself, I find them fine. And the next seven, being those things that orient me towards my neighbor, most of them are well within the laws of our own land and those that aren't, I think, should be. They orient us towards neighbor, And yet, they lead us into some interesting places. Take the gospel. Take Jesus seeing these money changers and these dealers in the temple of God exchanging things for exorbitant prices so that people could worship, people could sacrifice as God had instructed Have you ever been to a stadium or ballpark and you bought a beer or a soda? Is it a good deal? (laughs) It's the oldest trick in the book, so to speak, and we have it in ours too. God had instructed for people to pay a certain amount for their sacrifices or for them to offer up a certain amount, offer up a certain sacrifice and their various rituals and thanksgivings and atonements. And because people would travel all the way to Jerusalem, they also often didn't exactly have either the right money or the right animal to be sacrificed, and so they would exchange for them. And in this temple, this temple that was meant to be for all the people of the world, through the Israelites to be able to be blessed, they were charging exorbitant prices and making huge profits off of people's actual. Command to worship in this way. And so Christ makes a whip of cords and drives these people out and drives the animals out and flips the tables over. And let me ask you that in knowing all the Ten Commandments, is Jesus following the Ten Commandments? Now, your vote doesn't matter, but I would like to ask for it anyways. If you think that in clearing the temple out the way that Jesus did, Jesus was squarely in line with the Ten Commandments, raise your hand. Yes. Okay. If you think that in driving out people uh, from the temple, Jesus was a little outside the Ten Commandments, raise your hand. If you have no idea <laughs> what in the world is standing... Raise your hand. Alright, yeah. I'm kind of there with you. Now, we don't have... We don't have an example of what Jesus should have done. We only have what Jesus did do. Yes? The Bible doesn't say whether he took the Lord's name in vain or not so i got to rescind my Okay. So we don't know what words Jesus was using at the time, so who knows? But in this, we know that a life with God will lead us not into a picture-book-perfect image of what it is to follow these Ten Commandments and not a picture-book-perfect image of what it is to live with Christ, it'll lead us into a whole lot of mess. It'll lead us into the realities of life. After all, this same practice, while hopefully not happening in this church, in this congregation, happens in many places that we frequent today. And while I'm not sure I'm worried about the price of soda, I am worried about justice. We are led into the mess of life. And so as we hear the word and respond, we hear the word and respond, we hear these words, these commands, and we ask ourselves, what are we to be? Both internally, in our own hearts, externally, towards our neighbors. Look at your world. Look at the world as you know it. Look at the world as you see it in the news, in the paper. Look at the world that you know and see in your daily lives. Where are the places where this is being fulfilled wonderfully? Where are the places where it seems just and right for tables to be flipped? Where are the places where you feel inside your heart I need to engage this. People of God, to pick up the cross does not mean to stand on the sidelines and hope that someone addresses it. You are the ones that Christ is lifting up to address these things. You are the ones that Christ has brought into the world To address the issues of justice and mercy and grace and love for all people. You are the mechanism that God will be using. Wait not for another person. They have arrived and they are us. You will fail. You will fail not only in your calling, but you will fail at keeping these commandments yourself. You will fail in your heart. You will fail in your mind. You will fail in your body. And when you do realize that these are built on the promises, that the voice from heaven continues to call your name each and every day saying, you are my beloved. You are are the one with whom I am well pleased. You are the brothers and sisters of Christ, and you are my adopted sons and daughters, and nothing you do takes that away. Be bold in your actions, be bold in your responses, bring energy and push the justice and mercy and grace of God, knowing that there is nothing that separates you from God's grace and mercy. Hear the word and respond. Hear the word and respond. You've heard the word. Watch your response. God be with you in this Lenten journey. God be with you as we eat and drink the word. God be with you. Amen.